Mac Football Pod. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Caleb, how many minutes has it been since we've done one of these? Enough minutes that I've acquired quite a spectacularly awkward can. What do you mean a can? What? What? A can. A tan. My skin. A tan. Very tan. I thought you said a you tan. acquired a can. I had a quite, I had a bear. I had a can of one bear, two beers, three beers, four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can tell because you're slurring over there. Uh, hey, uh, at the, t- the top of the year, we were kind of talking about music. How's uh, how's your music adventure going with trying to like keep up with, uh, you know, what the kids are into or what you as a reborn kid are into? How's that? How's your uh, listen to more music every day adventure going? I remember I, I my goal. I've set the same goal the last two years. Like I don't like New Year's resolutions, but my New Year's resolution this year was the same as last year, and that was listen to an album a day for the entire year. I mean, guess who fell behind on that again? No surprise there, dude. Um, that's why you always gotta you gotta set a, you gotta set these damn things where like the bar is like definitely attainable, and it will be attainable no matter what. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think I've listened to like fifty something albums, which is you know still still great for. Your average adult, whatever. Uh, how about I just give you <laughs> my favorite my favorite album of the year so far is Lucifer on the Sofa by Spoon. I've Check heard out good. that album. I've heard it's, by, it's good. I've heard it because I listened to it once. Yeah, it's very good. That's it? Oh, just one damn album? Damn, you are falling behind. No, shut up. Uh, <laughs> and, then my, and then my favorite song so far this year is Cruel Country by Wilco. I don't know what that is. Wilco's a Chicago mm-hmm. band that's like been like an alternative country alt music darling for the last twenty something years or so. Is he just like is he famous famous or is he like Chicago famous? Which is kind of the same thing as they're famous famous. famous. They're famous famous. If you if you're like an alternative music fan, people love Wilco. Mm-hmm. They're pretty big. Like if you go on their Spotify, like they're gonna have like millions and millions of listens for all their songs, like at on the top, so I don't know, man. Seems niche to me. I don't like anything niche. I'm just into the action. If you're one of those weird people who makes like best albums of the '90s lists, like I'm into, <laughs> that, like a bunch of people are gonna have uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot as like one of their top albums of all time. Uh, all the people who claim to love like alternative music are big Wilco, or a lot of them love Wilco. Uh, Jeff Tweedy is the main artist behind that, and they're they're from Chicago, and. I mean, they're still churning out wonderful music, and they're all like, I think, in their like early fifties or something. So, uh, yeah. I mean, at some point, I'll drown people in more music nonsense. But like, there's a lot of good stuff. I I, I need to take advantage of being in Chicago to get out to go to more concerts. I don't remember the last. Oh no, that's a lie. I do remember the last time I went to a concert. It was a decade ago. Uh, good lord. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. What is uh? I'm not cool. Never was. Yeah, I um, can see that. Yeah. Yeah, and like, if I said if I said out loud whose concert I went to, it'd be like, oh god, yeah, it's a good time to stop. Just <laughs> you failed. You failed with the one good concert you went to. It sucks now. Um, so yeah, I've I've given up on music entirely. I'm just like dedicated to podcasts, recording them, listening them. Uh, I mean, shit, just don't do anything questionable, and then I won't have to find anything else to do because once too many podcasters just like musicians just like come out and like start being all weird and shit and we have to keep canceling them left and right 
I'm going to have nothing left to listen to. Nothing. Yeah, if you get the comedy, that's what's going to happen to you. We're going to have to cancel you. And it was like, earlier this year, as like many of you might know, I, my, my you know, I, I, I got married. It was kind of cool. It got married. Yeah, you were there. Um, and you, you're hanging out with the DJ. You're not really hanging out with the DJ. Like, you're just emailing shit back and forth. And like, you're creating the playlist through like the portal, like website thing that they have, right? And it's like, uh, for all of your dinner songs, put it here. For all of your dancing songs, put it here, right? And then... Uh, the <laughs> the pool that he allowed for like uh, music that I absolutely will not play under any circumstances like the list is like three like it's only three slots and I'm like ah man we <laughs> there's a lot more questionable people there than ah, man I gotta pick really carefully okay R Kelly you get the first you're my first draft spot now oh the other God. two <laughs> hey man. I thought, the, it was, uh, I thought it was a great first overall pick. Not that he's a great first overall pick for much else these days, other than band. Yo, the first, the, the album, whoever was, the DJ was, it was a good, it was good. The music at your wedding was really good. Thank you. I wonder, Very much I wonder who had a, uh, you know, I wonder who uh, had anything to do with that. Uh, couldn't have been my wife. Anyways. The, the, key, the key is to not have the majority of your playlist after like 1990. should all be like, should be like half of it should be like sixties like R and B songs. <laughs> really get into those emotions. I didn't lean too hard into the line dancing thing either. Oh no, you don't need to. No, nah, I don't need to. You just need a you just need a few. That's right. Um Caleb, Mac Media Day is coming up. It's uh you know, it's it's a day. It's just it's it's really not even a day. It's Mac Media moment. It's Mac Media like hours yeah we just it is ours technically bill like it is billed as ours you're right but does it actually last an hour for like the people that are going Eh, kind of depends if you're espn and like you're doing like the tv work yeah you're doing a lot of work man you're talking to every single coach you're talking to every single player you're not getting anything useful but you're talking to every single one of them if you're one of the local beat reporters you're probably talking to like one team and then, if you have time, you're going to, like, ask the same three questions to all the players and all the coaches. Um, but you're not going to get anything substantial out of that. Probably it's nothing, say, like, too great. Let me let me add this, too. If I could do Mac Media Day again, I don't intend to do it anytime soon or ever, probably. But that said, if I could do it again, I would just ask stupid questions. Like, not so much that I – like, the type of question where you're going to get that look, like, what is wrong with you? But just, like, ask questions about dudes' personalities – and just write something weird, like about their high school experience or whatever. Like, it's, I would rather just get something peculiar because ultimately you trot out the same questions and you hear the same answers for the most part. Yeah. Like, I like Lane Kiffin's approach to media days uh, because I was like, not that I had tuned into SEC media days too much, but, you know, I was kind of cleaning up around the new place and I was like, ah, I guess I'll watch SEC media days while I'm around here. I don't know. Lane Kiffin was talking to Paul Feinbaum, and he's like, you know, I could say what you can say whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. This is all just kind of, you know, this is all pointless. So you can ask me anything, I'll answer you anything, and that's just how this goes. Um, we just need more time to do that. That's the thing. Like the people at home who like kind of like read like all the media's content, me included. Hi, I'm media. Um, we just need more stuff for people to click on. So like, if Mac Media Day could last like. 
and I mean this sincerely, like just twice as long, like twice as long as what it is, like make it last until like dinner time, and then we're good. Or like a late lunch. Then like so so much could get accomplished. We don't need to have it like two days. Just just needs to be four hours. Anyways, that's that's just ranting because uh, if you're listening to this, you're not like involved with Media Day ever, and you're not like me who like is usually excited to go to Detroit for this thing because I've almost always lived in Detroit uh, or close to it, I should say, and so it's always been like less than an hour's drive for me. You know, just wake up early, just mosey on down there when I when I can, and uh, now it's in Cleveland for this year, and I'm really upset. I'm really upset that I have to travel to Cleveland for this. Normally, it's everybody coming my way, and I got to go out. <sighs> I got to go out of my way to Cleveland. just And then, like, I got to go to an event that, like, it's like, all right, now, you, now that you've done your ESPN Plus interview, let's go home. It's like, fuck, man, I got I to gotta write stuff for people to click on. I'm not excited about that. <laughs> I'm not excited about that. Well, look, I don't want to go to Cleveland. You're going as a representative of somebody who gives a shit about Eastern, so you might as well do a little recon going into it and then find something interesting to write about that's not just... I'm not not doing that. Like, I do have... Okay, I'll, I do have a one-on-one scheduled with uh, an athletic director that is not Eastern's. How about that? Interesting. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's... And that's one school. It was very nice that uh, that you know this is that opportunity is happening, which is cool. But it's really not the most substantial thing in the world. But what is fun is that like it gets everybody online talking because that's when they that's when what comes out, Caleb. What comes out during media days? Predictions. We pick you. You pick them. You didn't pick us. We'll prove you wrong. That's what yep. happens every media day. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Just a nice chance for the fan base to get to a tizzy, too. Yep. Uh, we will have... We kind of have our predictions. Like, we gamed out the whole season before we actually just, like, wrote down, okay, what do we think the standings are going to look like? Because uh, if you actually go game by game and, like, kind of pick up, you know, the winners of each and then have your predictions afterwards, oh, my God. Like, the records that you can come up with in Mac play is, like, whew, you can talk yourself who, into uh, things you didn't who, think were possible. Let me tell you. Let such me a tell you. <laughs> No one would do that. Who would take the time to go through every Mac game on the schedule and predict it, and then no one would do that? I wouldn't. No. Not alone. Right. I wouldn't do it alone. That's that's right. for sure. No, I, I would if definitely have, have somebody, a friend, you know. If there's like if one other nearby, person, you know. Right. They yeah. might do that. Maybe. Yeah. But then again, like, God, what are, what are even the possibilities of doing that? First of all, you have to love the Mac. Second of all, you have to have a friend. Third of all, that friend also has to love the Mac. Fourth of all... I mean, so me and Caleb did that, and we have our predictions. Um, one thing that's not in the notes, though, since we are kind of talking about Media Day before we get to the picks of the year from us, uh, you know who who does also speak at uh, Media Day is is John Steinbrecher. And so I'm kind of wondering from you, because I, I usually come loaded with questions, like Steinbrecher is the one person who I actually do look forward to at Media Day, though, uh, because I don't talk to him every day. I, sh- I should probably speak up, like, reach out to him more, uh, more on that later. But I-, I do get excited when Steinbrecher speaks because there is 
and importance for when he takes over the podium and he does kind of announce like the state of the match and blah, 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 blah. Sometimes he's advertising, but other times uh, last year, this year too, I assume there's a lot in college football that he has to be responsible for, uh, especially when it comes to the Mac. And there's a lot of changes and I don't have to be the first to tell you that there's a lot of changes wading through the damn sport that's going to impact the Mac Positively or negatively, we have no idea yet. Um, no, we're not directly affiliated with the SEC, but if it weren't for Oklahoma and Texas making their move, there would have never been a conversation or like a whole kind of circus around the possibility of Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee joining the MAC, which they ended up not doing. But that was still a possibility because of that. And now that the Big Ten made its additions of the West Coast teams of uh, USC and UCLA. You know, it's only right for us to assume what's what other changes might we see or not see. Like, what what's going to happen with this league? Like, there's going to be some sort of reactions. Um, so, Caleb, you know, you're not going to be at media day, but you can already assume what's going to happen when, like, Steinbecker gets up there at the podium. You know, what kind of questions do you think I should become loaded with? Uh, and ask our, our brave commissioner who's been around for, God, a really long time now. I think like 12 years. I don't know. I'm not looking that up right now. Well, I mean, people are going to ask him questions that you know you're not going to get explicit answers to. Uh, but things that things like, okay, what schools came and, you know, checked in and were like, do we need to be worried about realignment? Do we need to worry about solidifying where we're at here? Um, did the fallout from the Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee state saga create more uncertainty that's carried over? Like obviously the big, the big dogs of the sport are doing their moving and their shaking and whatever, but is there any, is there still a carryover from what happened with almost the Mac picking up two teams before? Like, has there been a continued interest in realignment and, finding something there regionally or not, maybe even not regionally. Like I'd love to know, has anybody reached out to you outside of like the Midwest or just like, you know, an area that extends outside of Pennsylvania to the East or Illinois to the West? Like, is anybody outside of that? Like, has any Wisconsin schools like um, any, or even like gauging interest from outside of division one, like are there FCS schools trying to hanker to, have their moment like have any fcs programs tested the waters to see like would in a, a, some type of alignment with the mac work if they were to go try to make their push to come up to vision one mm-hmm. um so all that all of my questions for him i mean it'd be it what would be at the forefront of my mind would be all the really realignment is what's the interest like um and then also how do how do what type of stable footing or the teams in this conference in, are they all expecting to be in the conference in five years? Are they anticipating that something could happen? Like, you know, I mean, you, you know, you're going to hear from him. Like we value all of our members and like, we have a great relationship with everyone at every school and da, 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 da. Like, mm-hmm. What else is there? Like, can you get him to hint at something like, you know, could you get him to say, oh, yeah, you know, somebody from the uh, Sun Belt, you know, has been like we've had communications with members of the Sun Belt or we've, 
we've had talks with da 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 da, da right? And I just would love to hear those little rumblings because then it just gets the, the the chatter talking about potential new matchups and rivalries and whatnot. So I think like the questions that that you kind of have in mind are kind of like what I also sort of have at the forefront, which is like, hey, the Mac uh, through all of these changes, what are your priorities? Like, because yeah. you're not gonna like come out of twenty like these past three years and then just two or three years and say like we don't know what our priorities are like those are written down somewhere like those have been like rehashed you have like a, like a reprinted mission statement and all that stuff um is the mac prioritizing the playoff is the mac prioritizing expansion um if it is prioritizing you know the playoff to what point to what extent is expansion uh, going to play into the Mac's future plans um is regionality that big of a deal is growing as a conference that big of a deal is are you are you okay living in ESPN plus land still because uh prices are going up and you know it sounds bad to me but I'm still going to be subscribed to it unfortunately uh and that sounds bad to hear because we're going to hear prices are going up and they're going to be like oh no they're going to see their numbers going down <laughs> but actually like ESPN has seen like millions of more subscribers get into ESPN plus ever since like late 2020 when everybody was kind of like Ugh, shit's going bad. Um, not be- not just because of COVID, but like TV ratings were like very bad that year. Um, but since then, subscription numbers for that has gone up. Does the Mac even feel comfortable still being in? Like that, you know that that's that's how you consume our product. Is that really like a thing that that really matters to them? Do like they want the cost of being a Mac fan to go up? because we live in ESPN plus land still. Uh, I don't know. That, that just seems like that's a decision that's kind of like been made a few years ago, but I do kind of want to know like, Hey, changes are happening. How do you guys feel about it? Um, yeah. And such forth. So uh, good on us. Good on us to kind of talk about what we expect to talk about with the, uh, the commissioner. Um, Caleb, how do we want to go about, just talking about the the season up ahead. I mean, we have like all the time in the world to uh, kind of unpack a bunch of things and kind of like say how we're feeling about a bunch of these teams. But there's no way we're gonna like get into all the nooks and the crannies that we like getting into with these max squads. But uh, we do have a season to kind of predict ahead of media day. How do we want to handle this with righteous fervor and? great excitement I, uh, yes befitting the importance of the 2022 Mac football schedule that's how we're going to approach this uh, we did uh, kind of game out the season just like we, yeah we did we picked the winners of each Mac only game we didn't do non-conference because we're not that lame we do have some friends that are outside of this run group of two some um, God, what was, what, all right. <laughs> uh, how do we want to go about this first? Do you want to do the East or the West? Or the, any, any like, big surprises that come out your way? Let's do the East. All right, let's do the East. So uh, you have, I, I'm going to, like, go top to bottom. I'm just going to say the whole thing. Um, with the MAC records, you have Miami in first at 6-2. and two. Then there's a three-way tie at second. And then there's a two-way tie at fifth and sixth. 
the three-way tie with three and five records, Bowling Green, Kent, and Akron. And then at one and seven are Buffalo and Ohio. Me, I also have Miami winning the East with a six and two record. Akron, 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 with a four and four record is going to be second. Uh, a three-way tie for third uh, at two and six is Ohio, Bowling Green, and Kent. And then Buffalo at one and seven. So we agree there. Absolute Kent hater. Look at get a load of this guy, dude. Look at two and six, man. Absolute hater. Why would I like him? Why would I? <laughs> I'm sorry. What have they done for me? Drop them. The whole team's trash. The quarterback's gone. That I think is overrated. Now they're all trash. <laughs> I mean, this is the first time that Sean Lewis is going to have to trot out a quarterback that. He recruited out of high school, right? Because first it was Woody Barrett, but he was just like, you know, he was a bounce back from Auburn that went the Juco route, right? Former four-star. Then after he kind of flamed out, didn't really do too much, and Dustin Crum beat his spot. But Dustin Crum was, you know, he was a Hayes recruit. And now now we got Lewis with his first uh, first quarterback that he recruited out of high school, Colin Schley. He seems pretty good. Like, I, I'm sure he's going to be, like, a much better and faster runner than Dustin Crum. But, I mean, I'm just not in love with the team. I'm just not in love with the setup of it. Like, I get that the style works, and it can put up some points against some really, like, gross-looking defenses. I just... I don't know. This this feels like it was a team that was kind of like built for a coach that only should have been there for three years, and now that he's a near like five, it's like shit. <laughs> oh You're no! Supposed to be out of here by then. Fuck. You gotta win with your own guys now. Shit. Uh... They hit the portal some, but like I'm just I'm not into it. I'm just I'm not buying what Kent's selling. Yeah, with the portal, it's like they didn't. We we were all I think we were all pretty like oh damn they go they going hard in the portal like. Shit's gonna really go, gonna go get big for them, and you know it, it wasn't a bad, like it wasn't bad what they did in the portal. It just didn't have a huge effect. And I, like, why would I buy into a team that has not like figured out how to play defense? I don't know. Uh, Miami, we both have them as the East winner, though. Uh, that seems to be like the popular pick uh, across like national media too. Um, yeah, you know. we've been doing that for years too. I think. Yeah, you, but you it's, it's deserved, <laughs> though, right? I mean, like, is Miami a great program? Honestly, no, not really. It's not that. I mean, great. it's Mac good. It's Mac East good. All you gotta really do is look at the rest of the conference and then go, okay, so is Miami a good team? Yeah, yeah, they are. Is anybody else in the conference a good team? I, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't necessarily say I strongly believe anybody else on the East is a good football team. Okay, there you go. They got some. They got some good players on offense. You know they're going to have some good players on defense. The portal's going to hurt them though. That's where I worry. Yeah. Like, cause uh, we should be seeing like senior year of like Cameron Butler, but oh no, not not Cameron Butler. That's what I'm thinking of. Like Lonnie Phelps, but he's at Kansas. Ivan Pace, Cincinnati. It looks like they went into the portal a little bit more this year than like they've accepted uh, transfers in years past, which is good. Um, I don't know. I mean, they got the senior quarterback, right? Uh, 
They got some good receivers. No, you don't have Jack Sorensen. It's true. He's gone now. But I still like the receivers with, like, Matt Hippenheimer, Jack Caldiron at tight end. Got some guys. And, you know, I, I just trust the defense to be coached well. Uh, like, I got I got to admit, like, when I'm looking at, like, a lot of the games and, like, when I pick through it, talent-wise is, like, one thing. But more and more I'm starting to be like, okay, which is the better coach team? And because of that, I just think, like, Miami wins a lot of uh, wins a lot of deal breakers that way for me because I just really like the way Chuck Martin has this team. I like the stability um, of this team under Chuck Martin, honestly. So it just kind of feels safe with Miami. But like like you said, look around the rest of the East. Who do you really feel comfortable in? Kent State, eh? But that's the, like Kent State, meh, is like the most comfortable I'll feel about any other team in the East. And even then, I have them doing pretty fucking bad, because I yeah. just, I don't, I don't know how much I can trust, you know, Ohio and Tim Albin, but like Ohio's also got like a bunch of talent issues that I got to take into account. Mo Linquist, like, seems exciting. Like, what was the one thing I was told that Mo Linquist was going to be really good at when it came to coaching? It was the recruiting. What did I tell you right before we recruited? <laughs> or right before they, we recorded? That we they don't have a twenty twenty three recruit. Or no, commit. no. Not a one. Not a one. Akron has more. Well, we already know that Moorhead's a fantastic recruiter, and like that's always been the case. Recruiter or coach? Like ball coach for sure, but like I don't know if he's an excellent recruiter. I thought he I thought he was thought of, known to be a good recruiter. I don't know. Maybe. I'll definitely give him like X's and O's. Yeah. But he he also is like coming back to that area. Not that Mo Linquist hasn't worked at Buffalo before, so like, you know, he should know the lay of the land. But uh, hey, Buffalo's hard as hell to, you know, to to recruit to. So should have left that for Lance Leipold. That said, uh, Akron, you know, that's I had them. What did I say? Second at four and four. Yeah, seems right. Uh, yeah. You had them at three and five, but still, that's that's still pretty good. Um, what are you kind of expecting out of Akron? Um, obviously, the Joe Moorhead experience, you know, is at all like what we're going to buy into here with any of these wins. But like, what's kind of holding them back from the Joe Moorhead experience, leading them into Detroit year one? Well, for one, uh, Miami is a returning team that actually has a lot of talent coming back, and we know they can win. Akron hasn't proved anything yet. They got a new coach. Like, there's a reason. There's lots of reasons to be excited. They're going to get good players, and Moorhead's going to. I mean, I get the sense that Moorhead's going to make them instantly a more dynamic offense just based on <laughs> just X's and O's alone. Yeah, um, like literally being a better coach than the guy in front of them. Yeah, and in addition to all of that. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest and say I don't know much about his staff yet, but I have to think that his the guys he lures to be a part of his staff over the years are going to kind of out – I don't mean this like in a bad way, like just outclass. They're going to be – they have Akron, which you would not expect, could have like the class of the of the MAC in terms of coaching staff. Um, it'll probably be – there'll probably be plenty of turnover uh, as long as he's there because – if they're having success, teams are going to poach. Team teams with more money, programs with more money are going to poach those coaches. 
But if Akron is viewed as a destination for where you want to work under someone like Moorhead, like the X's and O's are going to work. Recruiting's going to work. And so give it two, three years. And I really don't think there's any reason to think that Akron couldn't be in that, you know, Mac title game slot and that number one spot in a very short amount of time. I really don't think it would take that long. That said, you're fight, you are fighting an uphill battle. You're fighting an institution. You're fighting a problem with the institution that, you know, hasn't had sustained success. Um, the success they have had kind of almost looks like a fluke in hindsight. And they've had individual players that have been good, but it's like individual good players and teams that are meh across the board. Right. Yeah. So there's no reason to think that they're going to win five Mac games this year. If they do, it's because they just have something coming that that no one's expecting. Like there's going to be something ultra dynamic about that offense that we just don't know about yet. And I don't have a reason to expect that. Yeah. I, um, this is going to sound pretty weird, but stick with me on it. Like, I think like Moorhead was hired to be like, to make Akron a better version of what Kent state already is. Right. Like Kent state, like with the offense that they're running, right. They're like, they're so offensive, you know, like the identity of the football team is like the, the speed on the offense and scoring points and shit like that. Right. And to an extent, Joe Moorhead's offense does do that. Like, and not only like doing it fast, but doing it like efficiently and effectively. Um, I think I don't think Akron's recruiting's going to like blow up. Like I don't think it's going to be like incredibly good. I think Akron's ceiling for its recruiting potential is whatever the transfer portal will want to give them. Because I don't like until like we see like a decade's worth of progress on that front. I don't have a lot to believe that Akron's just gonna like start bringing in like recruits that Toledo wanted or that, you know, the other like top dogs like NIU, like all the other top schools in the Mac would, would want. Like, I don't think Akron is going to be like the third or fourth or fifth or sixth choice. I, it's probably going to still be like the 10th choice by, you know, by the recruits that are getting like a bunch of Mac offers. That said, when Kent State hired Sean Lewis, they hired like a new guy to like jumpstart the program, revitalize things, rebrand it, blah, 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 and make it exciting again, right? And Akron is actually looking for the exact same thing, except Joe Moorhead could have not gone to Akron, right? Sean Lewis needed Kent State. Did Joe Moorhead actually need Akron? No, Joe Moorhead just wanted to be closer to home. He just wanted to be closer to home. Like, good for him. He's taking on a pro- he's taking on like a project program that, like, for him in some sense. Like, I I, I hate to, I guess I do hate to phrase it that way because it's like, oh man, the man is better than the program. But like you we, you and I both know it. Like, he doesn't have he head coach at Mississippi State. Yeah. He was the OC at Oregon. Yeah. Like, he was a desirable OC. He probably could have been more of a desirable OC if he just like didn't want to go to Akron and didn't want to follow right. Crystal Ball like, to Miami. He's probably going back to Oregon this year. His ass could have I, been like ten minutes away from me at Michigan. Yeah, if if I mean he's probably at Oregon again this year if Akron doesn't come calling. Right, Akron has to feel special to him, and I think he's he's kind of echoed that already in his comments uh, since taking the job. Like you know, it, it's, it's 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 like coming back home for him, right? So, mm-hmm. like I can't. If there's a motivation there, right? There's a there's a really sticking motivation that not only do you want to come back to what feels like home, but also you really want to take them somewhere. Then 
is money really the issue? Like, no. So <laughs> no, it's, it clearly have, isn't. You shouldn't anticipate that they're just going to get him poached and like then it's going to end very quickly. Like, dude is very much seems like, all right, I want Akron to be in the limelight. Like, I want to be there because it's home, and I want I my even... homie. I want my homies to have success. Like, I'm. They're gonna. I. I am. I. I believe Akron is gonna be in a position to like win the Mac East in two or three years. I don't even think he wants them to like. Like, yeah, you want to win Mac titles, but like, I don't even think like the phrase of like Akron being in the limelight. I don't even think that's like a true desire because what is the limelight of the Mac team? You know, like. At best, you're NIU right now. I, I just think that he just wants to make Akron into a good place to play football. A good place yeah. to play good football for once. And, like, I love, like, like when the when the new logo came out, I kind of said it on my other podcast uh, pretty recently. But, like, you know, people were kind of, like, laughing at the new Akron logo, being like, this, grew, is, this is not that good. I loved it. It is, it like... Grew, it grew on me. It's fine, and it's inconspicuous. Like, it is... It's, it's great. What more do you want? Do you, you don't want to be like the most noticed. You just want to be like, oh, yeah, that's a fine logo. You know, whatever. That's what you want out of Akron. You want it to be acceptable. That's what the A is for. Well, anyway, that's a lot of talk about Akron. I'm a big believer in it, man. I'm a big believer in Joe Moorhead. Oh, you said enough of it. Sorry. Did you want to talk? Did you want to, did you want to move on to Bowling Green and that like <laughs> we're bigger believers in Bowling Green than we are Buffalo? No, let's just not talk about it. Either. It's like yeah, no, I would rather I, not. Like I want it there in win form, but like I don't want it to be no. I don't want to say that like that's good enough for Scott Loeffler to keep his job. I I want that to be like kind of written in right next to my picks. Like yeah, I think you're going to win more than one game. No, I don't think you should keep your coach still. Uh, moving on to the West. Oh, let's see. Who's going to win this time? I said NIU. I said NIU is going to run away with it. Um, I have NIU 8-0. And, and then I have the most Mac West standings possible right here. Uh, five and three is four teams. Eastern Toledo, Central Western, and then Ball State, three and five. <clears throat> Sorry. I just, I just had my 16th birthday party the other day. Uh, and you have Central Michigan winning the West. You're gonna have to explain yourself. Um, but you have better Mac West standings. Like th- your Mac West standings are really, really Mac West. Seven and one Central, two six and two teams, which are NIU and surprise third place team is Ball State this year. And then at four and four is a three way tie: Toledo, Eastern, and Western. Sir, you said that uh, this is gonna be a good year for Ball State, and I don't really get it. And I would like for you to like stand court and just like explain yourself. So with Ball State, like first of all, just like getting to six and two was just some kind of a matter of matchups. And so I'm picking them in these games where I am still eh on Western and Toledo. And I think Ball State is kind of like they're you know, they're coming off that year where it was like the recovery year for a good program, right? where they had to kind of go through their growing pains after losing a ridiculously, or they have to go through growing pains or whatever, right? So, like, I think they're going to find an identity that's more geared towards, like, what they did when they went and actually, you know, won a MAC title. 
you know, they're, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I, I'm still kind of like, I th- they're, they're kind of finding their, their rhythm with who they had uh, two years ago or last year rather. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just don't have, it's less about X's and O's and more about like really liking where the program is at even after like a meh year. Right. Yeah. Last year was, it was disappointing. Like that's the one year that I'll the one year the one word I keep going back to is that it was a very disappointing year because they won it in twenty twenty, very convincingly. Didn't look like it was a COVID oddity, and it turned out to be a COVID oddity. Um, which like it sucked because they had like a lot of the like pretty much the whole roster back, save for a corner and a running back. Yeah, I I, I liked Carson Steele. It was just I one thing I'll give Ball State is that. Mike New already has the track record of, like, doing the problem that I can't give the benefit of the doubt for Sean Lewis in, which is that, you know, uh, getting a quarterback out of high school. Like, Mike New, I can definitely trust him to do that. Like, before he even, you know, if you would have showed me his resume day one of his job, I would have trusted him with it because he's a very, like, good quarterback guy. And so John Paddock, who should step into the – the starting role this year. I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine. And he's got some good receivers to throw to. Uh, and yeah. the defense does have an identity. Like, there's a lot of returning pieces. Yeah. So I want to add, too, so that Jayshon Jackson is a guy that I think I didn't think much about last year, even though he had a really good season. But now that you have, like, the benefit of hindsight, you know that like, he, he should be one of the better receivers in the Mac period. Uh and this is after several years of just only talking about Justin Hall and Johannes Tyler and right and and then who's the three, who's the four, who contributes. Deshaun Jackson was really freaking good He's last good. year. He's very good. <laughs> and that wasn't his first season with the team. Like now that I mean, I know that you know you're looking at a different quarterback, but I still feel like they have the types of they have the foundation that I like. The foundation is the main reason for why I have them uh, looking so good and kind of bouncing back, finding a that what the identity needs to be for them to win football games. It's um, <laughs> Brandon Martin is back, um, yep. which is still funny. And Jimmy Daw. And Jimmy Daw, but just, you know it's more funny that Brandon Martin is back because yeah. he's, he's like 25. <laughs> Shit, he's, Kyle, older than, he's older than me. Kyle Pugh and Brandon Martin. Like, oh, my God. Did I tell you that I know um... – and I use linebackers coach now because he uh, used to play at Trine when I covered them. Oh, really? Yeah. Re- yeah, really good guy if you ever uh, get to meet him, Taylor James. Okay. Um, and you know what? And, like, th- t- to that same point, like, you should – like, how good of a season are you expecting the quarterback to play? Because my thing with, you know, like I said, like, news pretty good about – you know, massaging in quarterbacks too. Uh, I'd say that's a skill that Lester, Tim Lester has kind of figured out too at Western, like to a degree, like I don't like the way he massages in quarterbacks, but like he does know how to do it much better than I ever would. Um, And so for Mike new with, you know, rolling out John Paddock, I guess we can kind of talk about Western because they're going to put out a new quarterback to replace Caleb Elby. You know, what kind of season are you expecting out of Ball State's quarterback, and uh, if you want to roll this into Western too, you know what kind of a, you know what kind of season do you think you're expecting out of 
John Paddock at Ball State and Jack, ooh, sorry, Jack Salopek over at Western. I have zero expectations for Western at quarterback because I don't know what else going on there. Like just truly, um, and that's part of the reason why they're at four and four. <laughs> what in my predictions like Western still has great players and they're going to be fine, um, but they might not be like good. Um, Ball State, I think with news background, I, I have more trust in that, you know, Carson Steele and the off- and, and some returning offensive linemen are going to give them a good foundation. They're going to be good off play, uh, off play action and um, with really good, you know, you know, Heinz Tyler's still there, Jason Jackson there. One, it could be one of the better uh, wide receiver duos in the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Paddock, you know, it is a question mark because he's, he's older. His, uh, his experience is very, very limited. Yeah. Um, it's funny to think that he, you know, he made his, I'm looking like I, <laughs> I'm looking cause I wanted to be sure. I'm like, I feel like he has never played. I feel like he's only coming in like very limited and I'm, and I'm right. Like he's. Well, yeah, he could, he could have got some snaps last year, but the team never let him like have a yeah. garbage time to play in. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. I think it's hard for me to actually have expectations for Paddock other than just look, if he's got the tools, and you're going with your older guy right from the get-go. He's had all off-season to know he's the guy, right? So unless I'm missing something with uh, their up-and-coming quarterbacks, like he's going to be serviceable at least from the start would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's got an eye for quarterbacks, man. And like if things don't work out with him, like there's there's a couple quarterbacks that are on that roster that can be pretty damn good. Uh, but yeah. that that's a conversation for another day. Sure. Um, and I don't know the uh, like their their offensive coordinator um, Kevin Lynch is you know last year was his first season with the team I believe um, so or no he was no he was the offensive coordinator won the MAC championship so it's like look you you know how to work with what you've got at Ball State they're not going to be the most explosive offense in the conference um, you're playing a guy who's going to be like a in a, like what, like a redshirt senior, redshirt junior, or whatever in Paddock, who hasn't ever even been tested too much. But you're not asking him to do too much, right? Right from the get go, you're not saying, "All right, we gotta, we gotta go down the field, we gotta throw for 300 yards a game." Like I don't think they're expecting that. So I think the the identity is going to be there for Ball State. It's it's this is like mm-hmm. coach talk bullshit that I'm giving you right now. I know. But, like, I'm way more confident that Ball State will have its shit together more so than, like, Western and Toledo. Um, I think I, if I, you I, defi- wanted... I definitely believe you over uh, Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I really wanted to, like, if I wanted to make things difficult, I'd be like, well, look, Eastern's all about its identity. Why do you have Eastern with good players returning, not it doesn't higher? Figure out, it can't figure out its freaking shit on, on the field. Like, it, it doesn't, it's not yeah. always all clicking. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, So, (laughs) look, I think Ball State's going to run the ball well. They've got, I mean, between Steele and a couple good backup running backs, they are going to mix it up well there. Got one of the better receiving duos in the conference. They've got returning offensive linemen. Um, They've got a staff that should gel well together, and I really, really like Mike New in general. Um, I think this is the bounce back year for them, even after losing a ton of talent. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be better. Um, That doesn't mean they're going to blow anyone away. But when it comes down to close games, I think they're going to win. 
I believe you. You know what? Yeah. And you, you kind of had me reconsidering things because what did I say at the top, like, you know, a little bit earlier? I kind of defer to better coach teams. And I think Mike New is like my Mac coach number one, personally. Like, just for like the job that he's done and for like the way that he's like kept his program together and not really letting the bottom fall out when like it really could have fallen out like a lot of other times. And like under many other candidates that could have led this ball state program, it's in a pretty damn good spot for like not letting a whole bunch of seniors just like transfer out after it won the Mac championship game and kind of keep the culture afloat as it goes into 2022, you know, like back in 2017 when like all the injuries just like went to shit, like that did not really like get the best of him as a coach or that coaching staff. Like they, figured out ways to like build through it they've built a mech championship team out of it honestly um yeah i don't know man i i like mike new i'm with you there um and like i trust him on the quarterback front and as long as they like keep that identity up on defense um i think they're going to be good they just need to they just need to prove it because last year kind of showed that you know they can keep a lot of the pieces in check. They can like still be a disciplined team, but without, without actually being a good one at the same time. Um, and that didn't necessarily bring good football to the team as much as it kind of hoped it would. So it never really lets the bottom fall out, which is good, but it doesn't go too far because you're still a team that's built in ball state, which is just, just hard. That in itself is just hard. One aspect of their passing game that I'm curious about, uh, Ball State did hire a former college head coach, a Division One head coach, Jared Elliott. He was uh, Western Illinois' head coach previously. Western Illinois was not in a good place as a, as a football program, but I think a lot of the time when these really good minds who don't have success as a head coach level can go back to somewhere else they're familiar with and focus on one thing, that really could help someone like Paddock, who, you know, is still taking his first big step into big, meaningful action. Um, so you've got a quarterback, you've got new, a coach who understands quarterbacks. Uh, you've got, you know, an offense that returns weapons in the run game and pass game and a, and a decent offensive line. And you've got a new pass game coordinator who can make things a little bit more fresh. He's a, he was a Mac champion with Miami because he was a quarterback. He played offense. He played like quarterback and wide receiver in Miami. So he was part of several MAC championship teams when he was with the Red Hawks too. So it's a guy who's familiar with the with the makeup of the conference and uh, obviously what it takes to win there. So I think Paddock is going to be serviceable, mm-hmm. and he's going to do what it needs what needs to be done for them to win five six games. Uh, NIU. I mean, I have them as the runaway favorite because I think they're really good. Um, I mean. I, I feel like this the thing that I'm excited about with NIU is the defense because I think it has shown so much improvement in this Thomas Hammock era, right? Especially like 2020 on when, you know, it got like really, really young and it went 0-6, but it was still keeping games within like one score. And then it like turned around and won the MAC last year. It didn't lose too many parts. I think the younger parts are getting better and there's like, transfers coming in to compete for guys that were doing well in the first place, especially at like defensive back for NIU. Um, but NIU it's strong in spots where it needs to be. 
and it returns its damn quarterback. And like, it's an unorthodox quarterback that runs a very weird offense, but a powerful run game at the same time with that offense. Um, it's hard for me to pick against a good defense with a powerful run game in the West. If you're doing that in the East, eh, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess you're Buffalo and you're, you'll run away with it. But the way NIU just like kind of forces its fist through like defenses repeatedly and for as tough and, you know, the nastiness that the defense plays with, I, I, I just love NIU. I just think it's yeah. in a really, really good spot. I, it's very hard for me to pick, you know, go away from them. The fistful, the forceful fisting, it's sexy. Oh, yeah, dude. Who doesn't you, love you it? Love, yeah. You love what they do. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. I don't. <laughs> like, I I don't really know, like, how they can get, like, where they're going to get tripped up too much this year. Like, Central's a good one, but at least they draw Central at home. Uh, God, I don't, I don't know. Where, where, where are they going to get tripped up? Toledo? We don't have faith in Toledo. Joe Moorhead, Miami. What? I I don't I I just don't see where NIU is going to lose a game this year, like in the regular season. Central. I don't. I, how? <laughs> the, like okay, here's my thing with Central. Here's my thing with Central. Um, the transfer portal absolutely killed them on defense. And, like, in the run game, like, I love Lou Nichols, but I don't love the fact that he lost two really good offensive linemen in front of him and the running back that would, like, give him great breathers behind him, Kobe Lewis. He's gone to Purdue. Like, the best thing that this offense has going outside of all that is if Daniel Richardson can have improved quarterback play because he has, like, pretty good receivers that I think we're confident in and, like, that they're, they're, they're really good athletes out there. But, uh... I don't know, man. Central, I think they're they're going to get smoked on defense. And if they get smoked enough on defense because they have to replace their linebackers and defensive like just like so many freaking players, man, just off to like the SEC or, you know, maybe they tried out to the NFL. Like normally I feel good about Central replacing those guys, but they lost a lot of faces. They lost a lot of faces. And if they like keep having to like, you know, have guys that aren't ready to like fill in those empty spots and they like keep falling behind in games and they're like, shit, now we got to throw the ball to make up for lost time. I don't, I just don't see it. I Who's just the best in the conference? Who's the best in the conference at making up for losing guys? NIU. It's central, dude. How? NIU won it with all freshmen. They didn't, that wasn't because they didn't do that because they are good at replacing guys. They did that because it was the fucking year of magic, and they had like the magic potion. Oh, okay, yeah, they had Ma- they had Michael Jordan juice. Yeah, absolutely. No, don't get me wrong. Like, I fucking love everything about the way that NIU season went last year. It was so fucking fun to to be a witness to. Um, and I'm not even gonna sit here and say like Central Michigan's team is uh, more talented because NIU's young defense has guys that are so worth being excited about. It's nuts. Like, you're like, look, they won a championship with, like, this many guys who haven't come near reaching their potential on defense. That's nuts. Uh, and we know the run game is going to be there. Um, but to, to try and replicate what they did, even though they're older and more experienced, feels like something that I just can't see it lightning striking twice in the same spot, right? Um, 
I think Central and NIU are on near equal footing in terms of where they're at talent-wise. Okay. And and I think Central is in a better place. Um, I guess like in the last like five years, where they're at, they're in a better place than NIU. And it's it's kind of a it's kind of iffy, wishy-washy, or whatever. But just I trust McIlwain to like be able to weather the storm and come back on this. They were in a position where they could have beat NIU last year and they didn't, and they didn't deserve to beat NIU because they didn't get shit done when it mattered, right? So I'm more thinking that this is just going to be a, a year where it's going to be really hard. Like I'm looking at NIU's schedule. They've got to play um, Ball State on the road, and I like Ball State, but whatever. They've got to play Western on the road. They've got Miami on the schedule. Um, they get Central at home, which is nice for them. Um, they've got Toledo. I'm, and I'm looking at a lot of these, and I'm just like, you could get tripped up there. Uh and I love McElwain as a coach, and I've always loved McElwain as a coach. And Lou Nichols is going to be this conference's best offensive player this year. Probably, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I'm very confident in making that as my as a as a pick, right? Like yeah. Lou Nichols is the Mac offensive player if he stays healthy. Uh, and if the line he, gives them some some even some losing real... the guys they lose up front because who replaces <clears throat> their front seven? Well, look, I, I get it. Trump. I'm just saying, but like the level, like it was one thing the one year when Ohio lost its two like really good like left side of the line, um, and like we kind of saw Nathan Rourke's rushing production go down the one year, right? But like those, I, I don't remember their names, but like those linemen were just like kind of really good in the MAC. These the two that Central just lost were like pretty high draft picks. Like, it's not like they were just, like, really good Mac-level players. They were just, like, really good linemen in general. And, like, that's the difference between Lou Nichols like going off for, like, almost 1,900 yards versus, I don't know, 13 this year? Like, that's not a bad year, but, like, if that's, like, if they drop his ceiling down to that, his his you know productive ceiling down to that. If he's healthy, that doesn't happen. He's good, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe. Don't, look, there. You know, Central's coached up well up front. They right? are, and they always find a way to have all all Mac dudes on that line. Um, like a quick search tells me that Jamez Kimbrough is somebody who's going to be you know they rely on right. But ultimately, there's always going to be a junior or sophomore plugged in there who's going to like thrive in that offense, and they're going to be fine. Your bigger, the bigger question is going to be like, because you mentioned the guys like who they lost to the portal on, right? Who are the big time playmakers to make bigger plays for them? You know, they don't have a Jacory Sullivan type. They they, they have... lost six of their top eight tacklers from last year. Yeah, like that's a lot of like productive dudes that they just like lost out on. And, like, we're talking, like, Troy Harrison. We're talking Troy Brown. We're talking, um, like, who oh God, was Devani Reed. And two of those guys, like, went, wound up in the SEC. It's, like, yeah, they're, like, they're going to have productive guys, sure. But I just don't know if they're going to be as productive as the guys that they're, like, leaving behind. Because there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of productive dudes that they're losing on both sides. 
And unfortunately, a lot of it is like in the ass kicking department. If you lose some receivers, you know, I can, I can, I can kind of be like, well, you, you might be able to turn on a new one. Like we haven't, even, I haven't mentioned Cleo Pimpleton. Like I haven't said like, oh man, right. the loss of him, you know, because right, like, right. yeah, that's a huge loss. But like, yeah, there's a lot of lot of talented receivers. Uh, all right, we have time for one, maybe two more points in all of this, and then we gotta go. Bye bye, um, because it's getting late. It is a school night. Hey, did I say school night? Uh, Caleb, do you have a, an Illinois prep sports update at all that you'd like to share? Sure. Uh, it's summer, so yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Um, I still am coaching football. I am now coaching the running backs and linebackers at Highland Park High School. Um, if that sounds familiar, it's because that's where the 4th of July shooting happened this year. So we've been going through that as a program. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of, uh, yeah. not trying to be a downer, you know, just, uh, it, it's just the reality of it. Like there's been a lot going on and trying to work through a lot of stuff. Guys in our team were personally affected by it. Um, our guys were in the parade where it happened. Uh, I wasn't there that day. Uh, so I, I wasn't there when the shooting took place, but, uh, so, you know, there's, there's like kind of a lot of, trauma that's going that's gone through the community and trying to work through that and this school year is going to be incredibly hard and crazy i have to imagine the start because i work in i work at the high school and you know our football guys seem to be getting through it pretty well um it's it's just pretty heavy shit right mm -hmm. uh, never been this closely affected by like a mass shooter incident um but living in America in 2022 is knowing that you're probably going to be affected by a mass shooter incident. So this is where I'm at with that. Um, so, so a cool thing that when people listen to this, they might, you know, it, whatever, I don't care. So I think we're announcing it later, but maybe not. Um, uh, our team got invited by the Chicago Bears oh. to, to, to go to practice. And that's pretty cool. So that's that happening this week. Uh, you know, they're probably just like, oh, yeah, you know, make the kids feel good and invite them, get them away for a day. I mean, we're pretty stoked about it. So you're going to meet all uh, my favorite, like, Chicago Bears, uh, Brian Urlacher, uh, Rex Grossman, right? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Devin Hester. Garrett Wolf. Matt Forte. Yeah. Oh, Garrett Wolf's and, actually uh, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn it. We also, uh, we just got done with a Illinois Wesleyan University team camp. Uh, D3 school in Bloomington, Illinois, that has a pretty good football program. And we were down there with a couple other schools and um, really good for our kids. Saw some really good stuff from some of our athletes. Our linemen looked better than I expected and better than our coaching staff expected that they would look, which was really exciting. Um, guys kind of got pushed to their limits. Just like, you know, you look at the end of the day and all these guys are just kind of like sprawled out on the floor. Like, Oh my God, I'm dead. I can't do this anymore. But that's like, that's like the fun of going to these summer camps. If you're a team or, uh, especially a football team it's 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 kind of a special bonding experience and when you ask a lot of these guys at the end of the year what's your favorite part of the season you know sure plenty of guys are going to mention the season like oh we beat our rival or we did this it's like no, a lot of guys are gonna, the moments when we hated our lives yeah a lot of guys are going to say oh the team camp like the yeah. team camp is the most fun part <clears throat> it's it's a special type of thing to be able to do with the team so uh that's where i've kind of been with the last few weeks with that 
we're in a we're in a down period with the football team. So the only time I'll see them for the next two weeks is with the Bear. We'll be there the Bears thing, and then football practice starts back up August eighth when I'll be hitting full steam ahead with like the freshman sophomore team. We'll have kids we haven't coached yet that'll be joining the team in all likelihood, and then finding kind of positions for kids and seeing where we're at. And then our first game is I believe August twenty fifth for for freshmen and sophomores. I want to say. I was told that we have a lot of, uh, I haven't checked the schedule yet for freshman and sophomore level, but it looks like we have a lot of Thursday and Saturday games. Um, a lot of the times, uh, I guess because of national uh, officiating shortage, a lot of schools are having to change the dates of their lower level games to different days so that referees are available, right? So <clears throat> if you had everybody going on Friday, you might not have the bodies you need to um, have all the games officiated. So instead, like they're spreading out games to different days of the week so that officials can be available more. So a lot of the times it might be like, oh, we have, you know, we have practice Monday through Thursday for the varsity, but the freshman in JV has a game on Thursday. And then Friday night, I'm taking over my duties as um, video coordinator and shooting the game film for the varsity and stuff like that. So uh, really excited about the kids I'm working with and it's been a cool summer and I've moved into a new apartment since the last time that I talked here, but that's like a street over. I'm still in the northernmost uh, area of Chicago, northernmost neighborhood. And, uh, you know, school year is rapidly approaching. The only other thing is just I got a, I got like a, a sports project I'm working on. I've got like a newsletter I'm going to write. <gasps> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, there's been a lot of planning for that and I'm trying to make some money off it and provide some good coverage to some high school sports teams. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a different avenue than something I've done before. So I've talked it over with Alex. I've talked it over with a lot of, a lot of friends and media types and, uh, very excited for the potential, for the potential of it while also being kind of realistic about, Hey, don't overdo it or you're going to lose your mind. So, uh, staying busy for sure never changes always covering the high school sports in illinois see like when you told me your plan for your sub stack i looked at mine and i'm like what the fuck man this is so much better that's so good i wish i would have thought of that no man i'm I'm excited for when you get to uh roll it out and formally announce it yeah it's probably the formal announcement i believe right now um i've got everything written up and uh, the websites I'm using, I'm using a Substack, and I think I'm going to roll it out on August 1st. That's a Monday. Kind of getting antsy. I'm having to like force myself not to send anything away, send anything out. <laughs> Dude, I feel that. Um, yeah, follow, follow uh, Caleb's Substack once that comes out. Follow mine now because it's already out. It's Lanny 11. I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, he's been doing good work. It's nice to open up. Substack or like fucking Twitter and just see Ipsy Eleven on there. I'm trying, oh. man. I'm trying. I'm getting some good feedback. Like now that I'm like putting more time into it and like, you know, people are actually noticing that. Like, people are noticing. Well, I'm sure Easter people are like, holy shit, somebody's writing about us all the time now. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, their thing is like, not that not that we need to like take this there too much, but like they know like there's the void. Like, the void has always been there. Will someone please just fill this void for us? Will someone please? And, like, here I come with my, uh, my, uh, I'm Void Boy. I'm a Void Boy. 
not not you're, avoid boy like, you're, you're like avoid, you avoid me but i'm you avoid i'm void. a i'm a boy of a void one of many voids avoiding the voids i gotta workshop it still <laughs> but yeah uh con- congrats in, in advance to you because your your newsletter is going to kick so much ass I'm, I'm really excited for it um hell i'm gonna read it every time you post and i don't even i don't know any of those kids that you're talking about not yeah. one literally not one <laughs> well chances are when i write about football a guy or two will make their way to the mac at yeah. some point yeah i might hear of one or two kids there one yeah. or two kids there <laughs> Um. Okay, last point or two. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with a point. Uh, you're gonna come up with a point in the Mac, and then we're gonna close this thing out. Um, here's the thing I'm gonna say about oh god, what's the team we haven't talked about? Have we talked about Eastern at all? Have we given them any love? Um, here's the thing about Eastern. <sighs> it's just it's it's gonna be the same thing that you've seen already. Uh. May, if you beat Eastern and West or if you beat Central and Western, that's going to be awesome. But other than that, man, good luck getting into that top half of the Mac West. It's I, I like the team. It's it's pretty exciting. It should be strong in spots, but like it's an injury or two away from like all crumbling down. That's that's the thing I think about Eastern. Like there's a way for Eastern to score a lot of points and get you know more than enough wins, but there are more ways for it to go wrong. Um, Taylor Powell should be a good quarterback, and he's got great receivers to throw to. I think there's a lot of talent out there, and I don't see why he wouldn't want to throw the ball around like 58 times a game. Um, But if Eastern's throwing the ball 58 times a game because it has to, that's a problem. Just ask Caleb because uh, that's what happened when Ohio beat Eastern last year. Isn't that right, Caleb? Oh, for sure. Uh, So, man, just get that... What, what, just get just get, the, just get the damn run game going. Get the damn run game going. That's all I want. Um, hopefully, and you know, defense it should play uh should play sound should play sound defense like it normally does. But I don't know how good of a sound defense uh will hold up for Eastern this year because I mean the conference just does look good on offense. Like Western's like. Turning out some pieces, but it'll probably be good. Caleb, you just told me that Ball State's going to be pretty good. I'll believe you there. Uh, <laughs> Central Michigan has the best player on offense in the league still. Uh, it's been three years with that boy. Goddamn. Wait, hold on. 19? Oh, my God. This is going to be year four. Jesus Christ. That um, guy good. That guy is amazing. I love Lou Nichols. Um, Toledo, you know, they should be good. Like, Eastern has figured out a way to like kind of humble Toledo but last year and the year before I think have kind of gotten away uh from all that so who knows if Eastern's going to be able to keep things tight again there Eastern it's just a lot of things just have to go right just really really right and especially when you know like some of the teams in front of you are just like absolutely better than you and like one of those teams is absolutely NIU it's just going to be hard it's just going to be really hard to like finally get that Mac West title uh, that it never, never, ever, 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 ever has had. Uh, Caleb, final point your way. Final point. Um, we are almost to August. 
which means we are way closer to college football season than some people might realize. And uh, pretty stoked. That's pretty much it. And boom goes the dynamite.